This is Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 171. Thomas and Majana back with you. Hello, nice to be here. It's awesome having you here. Well, thank you. So we're going to talk today about intuition. I think intuition has become the most discussed topic when I'm getting emails from listeners. And by the way, thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com if you have a question. Or go to our Facebook page, which is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners. And we'd love to have you join the Facebook page as well. But love getting your comments and your emails and your posts. It's just wonderful. My goodness. I just think of the impact that this podcast is having. Really appreciate hearing that. But intuition seems to be the number one topic. Well, that's because we have this connection with source and it's not our minds. It's actually our intuition. It's that little voice that offers the communication between source and us. So I thought we would talk for a few minutes about expanding that, connecting to it, because I've talked to a couple of people just in the last few days who don't have that voice on a regular basis, and even when it does show up, don't quite know what to do with it. So let's talk about that. All right, little background story here. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Colorado, and it was time to come home. So I was looking at scheduling flights. I had not booked the flight, the return flight. So there were some snowstorms coming through. Now, the little airport in Aspen can get shut down on a dime when there's snow. And the other problem you can have is they fly these commuter jets, so they break down a lot. (laughs) You know, it's like great little airplanes would love to have one, but they break down probably because they're old. But anyway, I was looking at a particular day, let's say it was Friday that I was coming home, and there was snow in the forecast. So I was trying to book a, a window where I knew the forecast was opening up. For, cl- for clear skies, right? So I booked the first flight of the morning, which was about 7.30 on Friday. But then a couple of days after I booked the flight, I just had this little feeling that I should look at that again. You know, it wasn't a big, loud voice. It was just a little, small feeling. So I did. I went back and revisited. And sure enough, there was a flight a couple of hours later. So I just went ahead and changed because I didn't have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And left that alone. Then I went to my head and I started analyzing. But if I moved back to the other flight, I could go ahead and get here sooner and be and have a fuller day in Dallas when I got back. So I called the airlines again and I was just about to change back. And I just again had a little tiny thought that said, "Eh, it's okay like it is. A piece. That's what it was. It was a piece. That it was okay, just like it was. So I said thank you and hung up. Didn't think about it. Get to the airport. That first flight, still there. Like an hour and a half later. And I kept checking as my flight got closer. And that flight was being pushed back. Every 30 minutes, it would roll back 30 minutes. And do you know, Majana, that flight did not take off until about noon the next day. Isn't that wild? I know you were getting notifications every 30 minutes all night long. Yeah, it was, they kept pushing it back. And there was some mechanical part that I guess they had to fly in and then maintenance, you know, to fix it and whatnot. Point was, I would have been on that flight and probably could have dealt with it, but the limited flight schedule right, might have pushed me back a day. So where were you when you first got that nudge? I was uh, working at the house. By yourself? Yes. In a quiet room. Very quiet. And the key word is? 
very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that is the cool thing about intuition is we have to be quiet to be able to hear it. That's a great point. And our world is so noise-oriented, isn't it? It is. It's hard to be quiet. You know, there's quiet in our workspace here in Dallas most of the time. But I like to go, I like variety, right? Right. So you go like where I was just was at, at Whole Foods. The radio is, I don't know how many decibels, but it's got to be close to 100. It's a good place for earplugs. Yeah. Well, noise-canceling headphones. That too. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> With Kelly Howell on the headphones. Absolutely. But, you know, you can't go to an airport, a coffee shop, uh, anywhere these days that there's not constant noise. We're bombarded. And then even that, how many people get in their car and immediately turn on the radio? That right there was three seconds. And everybody's leaning in going, what's wrong with my, what's wrong with my phone? Right. Did right I now? lose my connection? Yeah, exactly. We can't sit still for any period of time without some kind of noise or talk or chatter. And yeah, you know, Paul Harvey, the newscaster back of my era, used the pause to his advantage. And I counted his pauses one time. It's 1.7 seconds. Wow. You don't even think, I mean, a little over a second and he was known for his pauses. <laughs> There's power in the pause. There is, but 1.7 seconds is a long out, of, pause. <laughs> out of your day is nothing. <laughs> oh my. And yet the world comes to a halt with 1.7 seconds. Well, think even in conversations how often people interrupt each other in anticipation of that pause. We can't allow sa- silence. I'm going to jump in and say something. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about Fred Dodson, if you watch his videos on YouTube, is he's very present and often with that has long pauses. And if you can join in that space, it's peaceful and it's calm. You know, one of his primary teachings that's in several of the audiobooks is empty space. So there's knowledge and wisdom in empty spaces. So if you think about there's space between you and me, There's space in this room right now. There's space outside. And when you connect to that space, then it it gives you a greater environment for the pause. Right. And the universe lives in that space. Exactly. Exactly. Bingo. So, yes, the pause, the quiet, the silence is probably a big missing ingredient because let's think about life. You get up, you've got kids to take care of and get off to school. You go to work, you're listening to the news or you're talking on the phone. People are texting you. The world starts to wake up, right? And then things are getting busy and you're on your phone and there's the stuff you got to do today. And then when you get to work, it's off and running for the next eight or nine or 10 or 12 hours. Then you rewind the whole thing. You drive back, you're decompressing from the day. You've got to take care of kids. You talk to your spouse, you watch a TV program for a few minutes and you fall into bed. That's a pretty busy day with not much space. Yeah, and within that are problems and challenges and conflicts and happy moments and eating and paying bills and everything else right, that, that keeps your mind occupied on the things of the day. You know, and the Dalai Lama said one of my favorite things about the importance of meditating for an hour each day. And then someone said, but I, what if I don't have an hour to meditate? And his response was, 
then meditate for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> get up early. <laughs> well, and, and it's true. If you take that time for you and you get aligned, things flow with much more ease and you do seem to have more hours in the day. People who have seen my Facebook page will see a bearded guy from <laughs> Aspen. His name is Hemet Singh Devault, and his name uh, is Mark Devault, but his spiritual name in the Kundalini culture is Hemet. And Hemet uh, has been doing Kundalini for about 25 years, and he is up three hours before his day begins to do his Kundalini routine. Now, that might sound crazy to you. It usually, for him, translates to around 4.30, 5 o'clock. He goes to bed early. Right. He is one of the most grounded, centered, meditative, just just, just present people that I've ever known. The other one, our co-leader in Sedona, Daniel DeNovi. He is just amazing. Like a rock. Right. He's meditated most of his life. So question, you've done courses on this. What do you do if you don't have that space? What if you are in a noisy world? You have to create the space. And I think if you become aware of that and make it a priority, it'll show up pretty easily where you can turn off your phone, turn off the screens, just go shut yourself in your room or whatever. There really are quite a few moments during the day that you can capture that time. And often once you do that and you start relaxing, it's kind of addictive, really, just like the screens are. So is the silence. Because you're really caring for yourself and feeding your soul when you do that. If you followed Najana and me around, you probably would get buggy after 30 <laughs> minutes because there's not a lot of noise in our environment. When we're together and it's just us, it's very quiet. Yeah, we seldom have radio or TV on unless, you know, occasionally we'll turn on some meditation music or flute music, something like that if we're working. But normally it's quiet. And the reason for that is to be able to hear things. Yes, you're listening for that still, small voice. You never hear anybody saying, that yelling loud voice in my ear, because it's subtle. And it's really a process of you getting used to that subtle energy and tuning into it. So the other thing is we usually hear it as a small voice, quiet voice, a whisper, but it's an inner voice. But that's not true for everybody. You know, there's no wrong answer here. Just as you are an individual, the way you receive your intuition is also individualized. It may be musically or visually, auditorily. I mean, you just, it can show up in any way. You might just get a feeling and honor all of it. I think the key, though, is that it's subtle. Very subtle. Most of the time. Now, sometimes you'll get a, a loud thump. And I think that's usually in a crisis situation. But most of the time, it's a little whisper. So you need to learn how to tune into that. Or it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. It might not be a verbal type, you know, like something in your mind. It might just be a gut feeling like I had when I was about to change the flight back to the first flight. Right. And I just had a piece. I just had a, as I was thinking, first flight, second flight, first flight, second flight, second flight just felt fine. But it wasn't anything grabbing your arm. It was subtle. Right. Yeah. So we have to get quiet and, and honor and listen for that. Well, I guess listen for it. And then when you feel it, honor it. So how do you tune into subtle energy? I learned on the hiking trail. <laughs> and that's a great place. 
it was. It was my little school for this. But like you said, Giovanni Densman, who we've had on the podcast before, has a meditation practice course, teaches it, uh, the whole thing from Australia. He sits and meditates for three hours in the morning. My buddy Hemet will do kundalini and yoga and chants and meditations for several hours in the morning. I like to get on the hiking trail. If I were to sit for a couple hours in the morning, Houston, we would have a problem. I can't, I can't even imagine. <laughs> you know, it's just not how I'm built. So the hiking trail to me was my cathedral in the in the sky. All right. And some people don't have hiking trails or the ability to sit for three hours any more than you or I do. And yet we need to develop this tuning in to subtle energy. And there are very simple ways that you can do that, such as... Um, for one, just kind of hold your hands out in front of you, cupped a little bit, maybe touching the sides of your hands, and making a little cup, and intentionally put a ball of energy in there, a vis- uh, like a real ball in your mind. It's a real ball. See it round. I think a white ball works the best, especially like it's a ball of lightning. So you can see it. might even have some static jumping out of it and You can see the energy swirling around in there. Use your imagination. Make this vivid and real. Animate it. I mean, this stuff, it's subtle, but you can be excited about it. So animate that energy in your hand. And as you're noticing that, you will probably feel your hands heat up. Starting in your palms, you'll feel the heat in your hand. So as you do, maybe take one hand slowly going around the curve of the ball. You're deciding how big or small that is. Move your hand to the top of it and hold it there a moment. And can you feel it now? Do you feel the ball between your hands? And even compress it a little bit and feel the resistance. And expand and feel it release. So just play with that ball a little bit. And then as you get better with that, let it change colors. Notice the the temperature of the different colors. Um, I had a friend who took... one of the martial arts and she was a black belt and that was an activity they did as black belts in learning to control their energy. I thought that was way cool. So another one that you can do by yourself is face a wall and maybe start just a couple inches away with your hands facing the wall, palms forward. And again, project energy from your palms to the wall. And you will be amazed how you feel your hands, specifically your palms, heat up. So same thing as with the ball. Go forward a little bit and see if you can feel that compress. And then back up ever so slowly and gently and feel it expand and play with that. And then as you get more comfortable, back away from the wall a little more. So you are controlling that energy. You're controlling how intense is that beam, how large is that beam, And just send it to the wall, back and forth. And then when you get far enough back and you're really comfortable and feel that, start looking and see if you can visually see that beam. So now you're tuning in your your eyes, right? The sense of sight to see that energy. Don't expect what we see, you know, like on some movie or something, a laser beam. It's not going to look like that. It might just be a subtle difference you might see maybe a little bit of wave and more often than not most likely you're not really seeing it between your hand on the wall physically it's more in your mind you can sense it 
And that's what intuition is, sensing subtle energies. So these are a couple of great exercises that if you are in that camp where you just don't get many intuitive feelings or prompts, this would be a great way to start to play with that sensitivity. And I would do this like multiple times a day. Oh, yeah. Really trying to develop this. Take a break and do the little wall exercise. Take a little break, do the ball exercise. And as you start to get more familiar with it, then you can tune in and just picture that same energy right inside the center of your chest, wanting to come out, wanting to speak to you. And if you're doubting this, just think about times that truly you already experienced this. We all have this within us. Think about times when you're involved in something and someone walks into the room without making a sound, but you sense their presence. You're sensing their energy. And especially you can sense a mood as well. If they're happy or angry, that comes across. How many times have you thought of someone and then they call, you know, within a few moments? So you've already had these experiences. It's tuning into them and appreciating them and honoring them and learning to control it. Now, a whole nother topic for another time is arguing with the voice once you get it. (laughs) Which we do. The ego loves to do that. Today, we're just talking about being perceptive to it. Yes. But once you get it, you are hearing from the divine con- or your, your source connection to the divine. Let me just cut to the chase. Don't argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> save yourself. Just do it. <laughs> just it's always right. It. So that will save you. There's, there's a podcast in a sentence right there. All right. We'll talk about that some other time. Hope this helps. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your energy journey. I'm Thomas. And Majana. We'll see you next time. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.